Welcome to the Career Pivot Podcast. I'm Beck Sands and I help people pivot into careers or businesses that they love. This podcast is an interview series with people that have successfully pivoted their careers so that you can feel inspired to do the same. I believe that everyone deserves to do work that they love and to feel fulfilled, driven, and know that they are making a positive impact on the world. Now, let's get into the episode. Today, I'm interviewing Kirsten Walsh, business owner and founder of renowned Australian wedding planning service, Hire a Bridesmaid. Kirsten has attended more than 150 ceremonies, both in Australia and overseas, and has carved out a niche as the country's one and only professional bridesmaid. Her background is in real estate and events, where she spent over a decade before pivoting into her own business. Now, let's dive into the interview. Hi, Kirsten. Thank you so much for coming on. Really excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited too. So let's dive into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your career and where you were at uh, before you pivoted and then where you're at now? Yeah, of course. So I um, left school and actually fell into a job at a real estate agency, a local one to where I live. My dad was working there at the time and it just seemed like a good way to get into a career and see what would happen. And I was there for seven and a half years. So I went from my receptionist to helping in property management to then becoming a sales agent and having my own assistant and things like things were going really well. I loved my job. I thought I was doing all the right things. You know, while my friends were at uni as a like 19, 20 year old, I had this career. It seemed really fun. And then um, in 2014, I did this massive trip overseas and it was amazing. It was the first holiday I'd properly taken. And I'm sure a lot of people can attest to sometimes as a young person in a job, you feel like you shouldn't take leave. I know that sounds crazy, but because it was going so well and I loved mm. it, um, mm. I thought, no, I couldn't possibly leave my clients and go on a holiday. And so this was like the first big six week trip I was doing. And I went to the States in America and um, yeah, while I was there, I was like doing a run through Central Park and I had this like epiphany moment and it sounds crazy but I was running alone my mobile phone wasn't connected I had no contact with anyone I was in a foreign country I'd never been there before and I stopped to take a breath and I was looking out over you know the snow falling in Central Park and I thought to myself oh my god I am totally alone in the world and whilst that thought probably should have scared me, it actually had the opposite effect. And it made me kind of realize that I could do anything I wanted whenever I wanted. That sounds crazy as like a 25 year old going, oh my God, like now I can finally do what I want to do with my life. But that was sort of the moment for me that changed everything when I sort of thought, oh, I don't have to do this career just because I've been doing it for seven years. Um, I can do anything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, what, so tell us a little bit about what you transitioned into and how that sort of came about. Um, Yeah. So I came back from that trip overseas and was thrown straight back into like seven days a week work, um, being, I'm a self-confessed workaholic, Um, (laughs) but I kind of jumped straight back into, into it and was just not happy anymore. I wasn't getting the same level of enjoyment from the job that I was. And I was trying to take more time off and, you know, it's hard to do when you've got people who are selling their houses and they rely on you. Um, So a couple of months after that, I actually just quit. I just went, nope, it's not doing it for me anymore. And I left the industry 
I had um, about six months of not working, just, you know, enjoying myself, spending lots of money, as you do at 25. Um, <laughs> and then a dear, a dear friend of mine um, asked me if I would be the MC at their wedding. Of course, I said yes. I've always loved a microphone. I've been performing on stages my entire life, um, you know, just in like local musical theatre and singing and, and whatnot. So when she said that, I was cool. like, yes, definitely. Thank you so much. And then her wedding day came around and so many things went awry on the day and I was watching her you know answering the phone and running around trying to you know put place settings out in the reception area all while she was trying to get her hair and makeup done and she had like quite a few bridesmaids around her but I was there just getting ready because you know she wanted me there as an MC. and I had a moment there where I thought this is not what it should happen on your wedding day it's not you shouldn't be running around doing last minute tasks and feeling stressed out on the mm. biggest day of your life and then, yeah, they were getting, they were, the ceremony was happening and they were saying their vows and I had like tears streaming down my face and, um, yeah, I went, this is what I want to do. And I didn't exactly know at that point what I was going to do, but I thought I could at least start by professionally emceeing weddings and managing people's wedding receptions. And the next day, literally I started hire a bridesmaid. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. We, we actually got married. My husband and I got married last year. Um, oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, in Byron Bay, it was amazing. It was, um, oh. yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic. Like this beautiful homestead. Um, and like, I have to say everything went wrong in the lead up to the wedding. Like, you oh, know, we no. had to, like in the lead up though. So like, you know, the venue got the, in, the first venue got sold. Um, oh, and no. then we had to, yeah, then we had to change venues and it, that was actually quite tricky because some of the suppliers in Byron Bay only work with certain other suppliers. And then of course they wouldn't work with ours. And so it was like, you oh know, God. having to go back to the drawing board and then um, all this kind of, yeah, like a whole bunch of different stuff. Yeah. And, it's and like then, it's hard enough the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then on the day, like we actually had a, uh, like a wedding coordinator. Um, so it sounds similar to what you sort of do in terms of like managing the logistics on the day and helping with that. Yes. Um, and making sure everything go like is streamlined. So she, I, like I, on the day I had no worries at all. Like I just, just got married and want, and like focused on that. And the day was seamless. I'm sure there was stuff that went on behind the scenes, but I didn't know about any of it. And it was wonderful. Yep. I love that. That's exactly <laughs> what I say to all my clients. I say, you know what, something will go wrong at every, at every wedding. It just does, but it's important that the bride and groom don't know about it. Yeah. And that's, me why I started so the company's grown now and we do wedding planning coordinating um and obviously MC services as well but anything possible to ensure that the bride and groom have the best day of their lives as they should so 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 important <laughs> so important Agreed. <laughs> and it goes so quickly like you just want to be able to enjoy it yeah, it does. And even the morning in the lead up to it, um, people think, oh, well, you know, my ceremony is not till 4pm. I've got all morning to chill out and do tasks and things. But everything takes so much longer when you're in a heightened state of emotion. And, yeah. you know, having all your friends and family around coming to this one day that celebrates you, it's really important. I think that that's the moment that you spend with your girlfriends and you spend getting your hair and makeup done. Enjoy that last minute kind of pampering before all of the attention's on you for the rest of the day. Oh, totally. And look, you know, it's already like nerve wracking enough just getting married. Like for me, it was like just walking down the aisle was like, everyone's going to be looking at me and like, I hope I don't fall over. <laughs> 
and you probably didn't, did you? I didn't, no. There you go. (laughs) No, but it was like that, just worrying about that, getting myself down the aisle. Like once that was done and then my speech was done, I was like, I'm all good now. Now I can. (laughs) Give me the wine. Give me the champagne. (laughs) Totally, totally. So that's such a, such a cool job. So how, um, so how did you actually take the plunge? Like, how did you logistically do it? Did you sort of transition out of your uh, real estate role or did you, did you just dive straight into it 100%? I dove straight in feet first. Um, I had <laughs> no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I guess, like, for me, um, you might have heard I won this amazing competition with Red Zed called Meet the Master. Yes. And they're flying over to LA to meet my dream wedding mentor. Her name is Lisa Voss, and I'm obsessed with her. Um, so I won this amazing competition. But how I came across them was after just looking into some things for a friend of mine who's looking at starting a business. And I said to her, we had coffee, and I said, look, when I started, I had no idea and I had no one. I, no one around me has started their own business. None of my friends, um, some of them were still finishing up uni. They were just, you know, one or two years into their careers as school teachers and things. And none of them were forging their own path. And so finding the right material or the right people to turn to or any, just anyone for advice was really, really hard. So when I say I dove in, I mean, it's probably lucky that I had my experience as a real estate agent, lots and lots of resilience built over many years of rejection um you know everybody everybody says no to real estate agents um until they until they really want the property um so I think (laughs) and (laughs) and then they say yes a billion times and get it for me right now and I love that um yeah I think I'm I'm lucky I had that experience because for me it just meant that every wrong turn I was like no I'm gonna find which way to go so go back and try again and try again and try again um, and so when you ask logistically, what did I do? I mean, I just winged it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. <laughs> I know. I think it's the, I, I think it's the best way. Well, sometimes, I mean, if you, if you've got the help around you and you've got the right people who are on your side, like obviously if you can find someone who is a mentor, like I'm getting this amazing opportunity to do, um, that's awesome. But if you haven't got that, sort of connection or someone who can set you up or someone who's done it before you that you can copy it can it can be really hard and really daunting and I'm not saying it was easy I mean I'm five nearly five years in now um but yeah uh, it's certainly the best thing I've ever done in my entire life despite all of the hardships ish that I've been through it's definitely the best thing I've ever done yeah, absolutely. And like just on the winging it thing, I think, you know, it doesn't matter how much support you've got when you're trying something new. I think, you know, ultimately there's going to be an element of winging it. <laughs> like that's what you yeah. do when you're trying something new. Like you're just trying to see if it works. And then, you know, if it doesn't work, if that particular way doesn't work, then you just try something else and then you try something else. So I love that you yeah, said that. You wing it again and you wing it again and you wing it again and then eventually you get it right and you go, woohoo, I did it. And then yeah. there's something else that needs winging. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Have you actually read um, Winging It by Emma Isaacs, who's the, yes. the founder of Business Chicks? Yeah, I love that book. Yep. I've got it in my book. I love that book too. It was just such, I mean, again, I wish I'd had it five years ago, but it was just a good kind of pat on the back to say, yeah you know, you're doing the right thing, you're doing your own thing and there's nothing wrong with that. And Emma Isaacs is obviously amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, that book is, that book was life-changing. That was a good one. So like, just tell me, just out of curiosity, like what, so what's a day in the life of Kirsten? Like what, what does your working day look like? 
Oh, my working days now are highly varied depending on what's happening on the weekend. So we are fully booked um, every weekend. There are weddings happening. I'm Yay. super lucky that it's not all just, I know, thank you. Very exciting. Um, I'm super lucky that it's not just me. I'm kind of, you know, in charge of running everything, but I have amazing marketing team and event assistants and an assistant who will help out too. Um, so a typical day during the week is usually last minute tasks for the week coming up. So things like, um, you know, the bride and groom might want water bottles for the water for the ceremony, and so I'll pick those up. Or I might need to pick up the go with the bride to pick up her dress. Or um, yeah, I'm thinking I've done so many things today in itself. Uh, lots of admin work is is done during the week too, and I spend most of the time. I'm very proud to say in my active wear, where I can <laughs> <Me too. laughs> Yeah, isn't it the best? Um, where I can just <laughs> run quickly. I think people go, oh, she's you know, I'm one of those people that hangs out my active wear, but I walk like. You know, I do my 12,000 to 15,000 steps per day just going in and out of the shops in my car too. So, um, yeah, totally. and, you know, admin things. And then weekends is weddings. And, you know, that can start at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning where we deliver hot coffee to the bride and the bridesmaids who are getting ready, like from a local cafe, you know, helping them sort of make sure that they're eating snacks and food, checking in with the hair and makeup artist, waiting for the photographer to arrive. When the photographer arrives, making sure that he's got a run sheet for the day and he sort of knows the timings because photographers love taking their time with photos. Yep. But I have a run sheet and a schedule. Please stick to it. Yep. Um, and then from there, I would go, you know, to the ceremony and set up the ceremony area, wait for the hire items to arrive, greet the celebrant when they get there, help them do a sound check on their equipment, wait for the guests. If we've got like a ceremony program, we'll hand them out to the guests, show them where the loos are if necessary. Um, you know, do all, the, all those setting up things that you don't really want your friends and family to have to do in the lead up to the wedding because they're trying to get ready to. Mm -hmm. And then from there, after the ceremony, we pack all that down, take anything that's needed from there to the reception, go and set up the reception space, you know, set place cards and, and menus and the seating chart and just make sure that everything's kind of hunky-dory and then throughout the reception um yeah I either MC, which is just so much fun it still amazes me that people trust me with a microphone on the biggest day of their lives but they do <laughs> Um, <laughs> and yes, yeah, so I'll either MC myself and look after the reception management. So working with the venue on their, their menu service, um, sometimes the chef cooks things and they're ready to go and we're not quite ready for them to be served. And that causes a bit of friction. So just handling that. And then, yeah, their night finishes and either they do like some sort of sparkler send off. So I hand out all the sparklers and the lighters usually to people who are quite inebriated. So that's a dangerous job. I might just say, um, <laughs> Yep. And yeah, yeah, help the bride and groom order them an Uber or make sure their car's there and that's the end of my day. Then I pack everything up. So they're really, really long, long days on the weekend, but I really would not have it any other way. Yeah, like you'd really have to love it to do that. You'd really have to love weddings, I think, to just do that for <laughs> I really love it. I really do. There's and you know, they're stressful. They're tight and but I always say I'd rather be stressed than have the bride and groom be stressed on their wedding day. Oh, that's so lovely. And that's why I'm sure you're very good at what you do. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I think I'm, I think I'm very good at what I do. Yeah. I think, um, I also, I'm not married and I'm um, only in the new stages of a, of a relationship, but people are always really surprised to hear that I don't have, you know, any Pinterest boards for my own dream wedding. You know, I don't have any plans for my wedding one day and people go, Oh, that's really weird. But I actually think that that's part of the reason why I'm so good at what I do. It's because I'm happy and to jump on board with any idea the couple have. So, you know, you want 
drums and a gorilla suit at your reception? Absolutely. Let me find that suit for you. I'll put it on. Like you want to do um, crazy entrances to your ceremony and you want like the loud drums playing? Absolutely. Let's go for it. Like there's nothing to me in my brain that can't be done and won't be done for my clients to have the best day of their lives. That is so cool. And you're so enthusiastic. Like you can hear the love for it shine through, which is so nice. I'm so glad. I'd hope that I, I'd hope that the stress didn't come through. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. Well, I mean, everyone knows weddings are that, but um, no, it sounds like, yeah, you'd have it very much under control. Um, Yes, Yeah. So um, what would you say, like if someone's in a job uh, or a career, what, but they don't feel like it's necessarily right for them, what would be three of your top recommendations for those people, um, given they've probably worked really hard to build that career, they might feel like they're really good at doing what they do, um, but they still feel like something's not quite right. What are your top three recommendations for people in that kind of position? Yeah, well, I mean, I was in that position and um, I don't envy anyone who's feeling like that at the moment because it's a tough decision to kind of have to take that leap from something that's comfortable that you know really well and you're probably, like you said, really good at it and you've worked really hard. Um, But I guess I think take note of what you actually do love, what lights you up. So, you know, whether that's just a hobby, like a friend of mine that I was talking about earlier, she's about to start her own um, baby toy knitting business. And I'm like, that's amazing because that's what makes her happy. It's what she does all night after she you know, gets home from the office all day. Mm. Um, And I think, and seeing her face when she talks about that in a conversation, it's like, wow, that is actually what you love. And talk to your friends about it and be open to have those discussions because you probably find that you're not alone. I know I didn't talk about it at first because I was afraid people would think I was taking a backwards step. Um, And in some ways I did, but in terms of um, how happy I was and how much more enjoyable my life became doing my own, living my life on my own terms and doing my own thing. Um, I think that was worth it. And I mean, I started reading the, probably one of the first things I did when I kind of thought, Oh, this isn't what I want to do. Do I really want to start my own business? Do I want to do that? Like that seems like a lot of work. I started Mm -hmm. reading books about from by entrepreneurs. So I was trying to work out, you know, how did they do it? Like that's someone that I really admire. Um, you know, what, what were their steps? And like the biggest changing book for me personally was um, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. And it kind of gave me the, okay, you're not doing the wrong thing. And then I guess like the, uh, like the next piece of advice I'd give is just to take a chance, take a leap. And it's scary, but it can pay off. A hundred percent it can. <laughs> and it does and it will, but it, it is scary. It is scary. Um, it is scary. It is scary. And I mean, um, find, I think finding support for me would be the one thing that I wish I'd had. Like I said, um, my family and friends were super supportive. They were like, yes, you go for that. If anyone can do it, you can do it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But how? And nobody has the right answer. So I think finding the right support, um, and that's something else with these, the like I said about the competition I won, they have this amazing blog. It's called the XYZ and it's specifically for small business owners and people who are wanting to start their own business. And it teaches you all about resilience. And I think if you're coming from a career where maybe you didn't get that background like I did in real estate where you're forced to be very resilient, something like that even is really helpful. And, you know, doing, there's so much content out there now, something like this, um, Beck, your podcast is amazing. I think it's so cool that something like this exists to help people, um, no, thank you, but it's true. Um, like to help people who want to do a pivot and want to change their lives. And really, we're not talking about changing careers. We're talking about changing your life. 
for the better. It is. And that's what I kind of always say, and it comes up in every podcast episode actually, or so far it has. Um, It's that, you know, your career does not exist in isolation to everything else. So like when people say things like put your career in, in the box or, you know, like take away the emotion out of it. It's like, well, it is part of your life. Like it's what you spend so much time. It's what you spend often all day, every day doing. Um, and it like provides your well-being and the well-being for your family often, um, financially. And, you know, so it is like, it is a huge thing. It is a huge thing. It's the biggest thing. Like you said, we spend so much of our time, like you're either at home or you're at the office. So it has to be, and it should be something that makes you happier. At least you enjoy doing every day. And if you're not enjoying doing it, find something that does. Life's too short. Yes. Yes. And you're right. Like when, like people think that like, you know, there's that kind of cultural assumption that's like the most, you know, important things that you do have to be the hardest things, you know, or like nothing comes easy. But I think that actually, in fact, like when you do follow the passion, when you do follow the the joy, um, when things start to fall into place, that's when things are flowing and you know, you're actually going in the right direction. Like if you keep just like yeah. up against, butting your head against a brick wall, then you may not be going in the right direction. If that makes sense, like if things are too That's hard, right. it's like pivot. Yeah, and how long do you want to work on that for that really really hard thing? Like how much time do you want to spend on that when you could be finding another solution or another way? And I don't know about your personal journey, but for me, there were so many things that just kind of kept happening that were good signs. And I found when I followed the right things, more good things happened. If I made a wrong turn, I was like, okay, that's, you know, that client said they were going to book me and they haven't booked me. And now I'm really sad about it because they said that they did. And what did I do wrong? And okay, well, hold on. Maybe I wasn't the right personality fit for that particular person. Okay. Well, what do I do to change that? So I think the more times I went, okay, well, let's try and let's try and fix that. Let's try and be better. Let's follow these signs in the right direction. The more positive, awesome things that kind of came my way. Cool. So what would you say, Kirsten, to someone, you know, who's been sitting on the fence for a while, they know they're in the wrong career, um, but they just feel stuck about taking any action. What would you tell them? Oh, that's hard. Um, I try and think about what I would have liked to hear. And I think the thing that was missing for me that probably would have made me do it sooner and and go go for it earlier would have been the whole, um, you know, take a chance. And life is too short to be unhappy at work all day, every day. Regardless of the reward, um, you know, I was getting paid pretty well as well as a real estate agent and working my butt off. And I like to think I'm a good person so I've had lots of great people around me in the office and Mm -hmm. in my friends and with my clients everybody I worked with was amazing but I kind of wish I had someone when I came back from that trip overseas going you've made a decision just go just do it um you know I moved back in with my parents I'm super lucky that I had that I know that not everybody has that as an option um but for me that was another tick in the right direction I just wish someone yeah was like girlfriend you've got this, you have everything that you need. You love it. When you love it, it will just happen. Yeah, totally. And I, for me personally, when I sort of made the leap, I was like, look, just, you know, sometimes you've just got to be where your own mind is at and just be like, okay, I'm going to give myself 12 months, see how I go. And then I can always like go back to doing something else or whatever it might be. But like, you just never, 
yeah, you just like, it, like for me, it just didn't happen that way. It was like, no, okay. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The worst thing that happens in that situation is you get started and you're 12 months out. You're like, heck no, I'm never going back to that. I'll do something else. And you find the next amazing thing. But it, you're right. It's all plans put in place aren't necessarily followed, are they? No, no, absolutely not. And it, and like, you know, what whatever you start out doing, it probably won't look like that in 12 months, two years, three years, it'll probably look completely different, but you only know by, by taking the action, taking the action and yeah, keep moving forward. My business now is entirely different to what it was when I first started. I, there's no way I thought I would ever be Australia's first and only hire a bridesmaid, like first bridesmaid for hire in the country. That just wasn't, wasn't even on my radar when I started the business. I said, I like emceeing weddings. I'm really good at organizing people. I have people skills. I know what I'm doing. I reckon I can do this. And I started by emceeing friends' weddings. And then from there, more things were going wrong. I was like, there's got to be like a role where somebody can handle this for the couple. And so we started coordinating. I started coordinating weddings on just the day. And then I was like, ah, these people are struggling to plan things properly for their day. They don't know that, um, you know, $10,000 for that table centerpiece is ridiculous. How are they supposed to know? So then I moved into planning things. And then I had this lovely lady come across that had no bridesmaids. And she's like, well, would you? And I was like, do I get to wear a pretty dress? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so that kind of started as well. So like I had someone said to me five years ago, Kirsten, you are going to be Australia's only bridesmaid for hire and you're going to love it. I would have laughed in their face. Oh, it's so it's cool ridiculous. though. It's so cool. Coming out of a movie. Yeah. yeah. It's such like a great differentiator. And so presumably like the, um, the bride can also have other bridesmaids, but you're there like as the key person that coordinates everything as well. Yes. So yeah. ideally in, the, in those situations where I am the bridesmaid in a dress with everybody, it's intentional to either even out, like I've been hired to even out the bridal party, which sounds silly, but it, you know, it does make a difference sometimes in photos. So mm -hmm. there were more dudes than girls. Um, I've also had some of the gentlemen that work for me been hired out as groomsmen because the guys were from overseas getting married here and their friends couldn't come. So for me in that role on the day, yes, I'm getting all prettied up, but really I'm working my butt off to make sure that none of the other bridesmaids have to work. So I'm the one that's carrying all the bouquets and making sure they're not wet and dripping on your dress and setting up the place cards and putting out the flowers and lighting all the candles and doing all those things that the bridesmaids are asked to do sometimes on a wedding day. And you say, yes, I mean, I've been a bridesmaid for lots of my friends and you just go, Oh my God, yes. Anything you want. Like it's your wedding day. I'll do anything. Not realizing that it's actually quite a lot of work. And once you've got your hair and makeup done, you don't want to sweat that stuff straight off, which is what always happens to me, but I'm really good at touching up now. It's a skill that I learned. Um, so, so yeah, it's basically waterproof the job makeup. That I, I know. It's I make like sweat proof, waterproof, tear proof because I mm -hmm. cry my eyes out at every wedding. Um, I'm a shocker. I love the father daughter dance. I just I can't help it. I get emotional and I cry every time. Oh <laughs> yeah, so nice, so nice. Yeah. So um, Kirsten, what are you currently working on, and where can people go to find out more about you? And I'll of course link to your website in the show notes. Oh, thank you. That's lovely. Um, so at the moment, we are actually working on a wedding planning online course for couples. So Ooh. I came across, 
Yeah, I did a survey um, halfway through last year, just kind of reaching out to past clients and part of the, you know, I come across a lot of them on Facebook and things, people who are asking questions and basically everybody really wants to hire a wedding planner. They all want advice, but unfortunately not everybody has the budget to do so. So I thought, what is an easier way to help people plan their weddings? It's good for me because they might still want to hire a wedding day coordinator, but they'll have planned it really well beforehand. So I've spent kind of the last... 12 months working on yeah an online wedding planning course for couples so basically they log on and there are worksheets and cheat sheets and you know tips on how to find your vendors picking the right ones um, planning the day making a run sheet just everything that I know and have found in my experience to help people have a stress-free day I love it I wish I had that <laughs> I wish I had that when I was planning my wedding that's so needed I'm sorry I'm sorry I didn't start two years earlier. And <laughs> it's been, been quite the work in progress. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. I love it. I think people will really get so much out of that. Thank you. And yeah, there isn't one in, um, available in Australia. And the only one I did find is overseas. And I thought, I don't know if it's all applicable to here. So I think it would be really good for people who are Australian, are getting married in the country and who've never been married before. Because that's oh. most people getting married. I think any, anywhere I can help people, like I said, have a stress-free day, I am so there. It's so, yeah, it's such a good idea. Even just choosing the venue, even choosing the location, oh, like. It's hard. So hard. It is. So yeah. Hard. So anything I can do to help, but um, yeah, and that's all, that'll be launching later this year via our website, which is hireabridesmaid.com.au. Fabulous. And I'll link to that uh, in the show oh, notes. Thanks. Thank you so much for being on. I've absolutely loved this conversation and hopefully everyone's got uh, gotten something out of it, which I'm sure they have. There was so much great advice um, and I loved your story as well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if, um, if anybody, I don't know if this is all right by you, but if anybody does have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram or through the Facebook page. I'm happy to, anyone else I can give encouragement or advice to that wants to make that career pivot because it is the best thing I have ever done in my entire life. I'm happy to give advice and, and help. Thanks so much for listening. And if you loved this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a review. You'll find a link to this episode and all of the show notes at becksands.com forward slash podcast. While you're there, make sure you sign up for my free weekly email newsletter where I share loads of practical advice for making your career pivot. Remember, you deserve to do work in the world that you love. Until next time, have an awesome day. Bye.